You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. A number of years ago, we had the theme where we'd go from glory to glory. That's a verse in the Bible where you go from glory to glory. Another verse says that the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. It doesn't get dimmer and dimmer. It gets brighter and brighter. And for our church, we, our path will get brighter and brighter. Another verse says you go from faith to faith, from strength to strength. And so this year, we want to add and build on what God's done in the past. And over the past, he's done some great things here through us, and we've had some fun themes through different years. 2010, our theme was uh, discovering his glory, and uh, that theme had a lot to do with what happened in 2010. If you were in Vancouver in 2010, you knew what was happening about a month from now. It was the Olympics, Winter Olympics, February 2010. You remember that, the year that we had no snow? (laughs) I bet they wish they had this year back then. It was, I mean, they were, remember that? They were flying snow into our mountains. It was just so weird that we didn't have any snow that year. And uh, what a time we had. We had over 800 volunteers in our church serving during the Olympics. It was crazy. This church was busy all day long. We were giving hot chocolate at the stations and sky train stations. And, uh, oh, we had so much stuff happening. And, and then we were showing the hockey games here. That was when we had hockey. I guess it's coming back this week. But, yeah, we had hockey back then. I, I think the best hockey game I've ever seen, maybe the second best hockey game I've ever seen, was when we won the gold medal, the men's. Remember that? That was something else. Man, we had this. This place was jam-packed. People were coming in trying to find a venue to watch the game, and we were cheering in here. We had an amazing time, and that was 2010. 2011, we rolled into that, and we talked about the next generation. Well, we're still discovering God's glory. We're still reaching the next generation. We're building on the themes as we go along. And then last year, of course, it was a better way. And our banners on the back wall were all different scriptures about a better way. You know, Ford has a good idea, but God has a better way. And so we were looking for God's ways, following his ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are better than our ways. And so last year we said, let's discover his ways, his ways to do relationship, his ways to think, and so forth. And so we'll build on that this year going forward. And uh, this year we're going to be talking about devoted. If you're last week, we introduced it. Our theme for this year is devoted. Devoted, the vision is devoted, easy to remember, one word, devoted. Looking back at last year, some of the highlights we had, man, there was a lot of great things that he did. And I think it's important that we stop and we just kind of look and see and remember what God has done. You know, there's a song we used to sing in church, we don't sing it anymore, it's called, Look What the Lord Has Done. Does anybody remember that song? Look what the Lord has done, he healed my body, he saved my mind, saved my mind, healed my mind, right? Touched my mind. Touch my mind. Heal my mind. I can't remember the song. I need to re-sing it. <laughs> Heal my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I said last service, I don't know if we're going to do this, but I think it would be fun that we had a night of classics. It's a classics night. And, uh, you know, we'll get some classic cars, line it up there. I'll get my old 68 Firebird and get some old classic cars. And we'll say, it's the classics night. And we'll just sing classic songs. You know, we'll bring out all the oldie goldies. And we'll just have oldie goldies. And we'll sing songs like, are you washed in the blood, in the soul, blood of the land? And we'll sing songs like, this is the day. <laughs> This is, some of you know, what is he thinking about? You need to come to the classics night. 
Let's add that to the vision. We have classics night. Next generation needs to learn the old songs, you know. That's what I always hear. Anyhow, Psalm 145, 4 to 6 says this is in your notes. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. You know, it's really good to tell your nephews, your nieces, the children in your life, your kids, the great things God did in your life. The miracles that happened to you, pass it on to the next generation. We overcome, the Bible says, by the word of our testimony. And one of the greatest things we can pass on to the next generation is a living faith in God. This is what God has done for us. As a child, I remember my dad told me the story of how uh, when they were living back in the old country, uh, my parents immigrated from my grandparents did from what would have been the Ukraine. Now, formerly it was the Soviet Union. That's where they were. And one particular day, the Red Army had come, and they were going to take my grandfather away. They would have shipped him off to Siberia. The family would have never seen him. But God spoke audibly to my grandfather and said, go, run and hide in the wheat field. And so he ran. He couldn't even tell my grandmother what he was doing. He ran out, and he hid in the wheat field, and God protected him. And then God spoke again. Now you can go back. And he went back, and the army was leaving. And I remember that story. It was a mighty act. It was God intervening in their lives. And I remembered that. It stirred up faith. I said, man, I want to know a God like that. So it's good for us to look back and see what God's done and remember his mighty deeds. This verse says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. And as a church, we want to proclaim his greatness and remember what he's done. Ephesians 3.20, this is a good verse to reflect on as we look back over the past year and as we look forward. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power, are you ready for this, that works in us. This power is working in us. This is a great verse. Now, as you know, if you were here last week, you know the deal. We are going to memorize scriptures this year at Coastal Church. And so, now, you've got two levels. You have the gold level. The gold level is you memorize one verse a month. And on your bulletin, there is a verse there. You can tear it off, that little uh, piece there. And it's 119.45. Psalm 119.45 is the verse for the month of January. And that talks about, I'll walk in freedom because, or for I've devoted myself to your commandments. So that's that's the verse for the month. Now, that's the gold level. You'd memorize one verse a month. However, if you want the platinum level, the platinum level is you memorize one verse a week, 52 verses. What would happen, church, if at the end of the year, this church all knew 52 verses? That would be H&L, whole nother level. Okay, so we're going to take, that could have been our theme this year, you know, H&L. No, it couldn't have been. Anyhow, God said devoted. <laughs> I think he's right. Anyhow, devoted. Uh, but so here's the deal for this morning. Take your pens and circle Ephesians 3.20 because that is your verse for the week. Ephesians 3.20. Would you say it with me? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And God's power works through his people. And when his people come together, are devoted, God can do incredible things, as he did in 2013. Just some highlights from 2013, because you've asked about them. We need to just touch on a few things. Some of you have asked about what happened in 
December? Because we were praying and fasting for that grand service. Can you just recap some of the highlights from that? You know, we had believed in December for 500 people to come to faith in Christ. And I don't think we reached 500. I'm not sure who really knows. God would only know. But just from what we can tell, just from uh, reports that came in that we tangibly saw, I'm estimating 250. From the grand service, I'm ent- estimating 100 people. Folks, heaven celebrated. They really rejoiced over that, and so should we. We should rejoice that hundreds of people came to faith in Christ over December. Would you give God a big praise offering for that this morning? And it was fun to be at the grand service. We had a problem on Saturday night. I don't know if you're aware of this. We had a problem. The problem was the people were lined up around the block, and, uh, and they were waiting to get in. And uh, actually, there was a few people that came late that had to get turned away because it was so packed, the Queen Elizabeth Theater. That's a good problem to have. I, can you imagine the day? As we're fully devoted followers of Christ, that there's not just a lineup to get into Queen Elizabeth Theater. There's a lineup on 1160 West Georgia Street to come to church. There's a lineup over there on Burrard Street to get into First Baptist Church. There's a lineup over there at 10th Avenue Lines. There's a lineup over there at Westside. There's a lineup over there. Every church has got a lineup to get into it. I could believe for a day like that. All around the world. You know, it's a myth that the church is dying. The kingdom of God is greater. It's not reported in the newspapers and so forth, but God is doing something. I mean, just look what he did on that weekend. Folks, it was historical to have a local church in Vancouver do a weekend service just before Christmas and have over 5,000 people at it. Folks, that's historical. Yeah, give God praise for it. It's undeniable. It happened. That didn't happen 10 years ago. That didn't happen 15 years ago. It's it's God is doing something. I'm just so glad he wrote my name in the script, and he wrote your name in the script. Who knows what God will do this year? But I know this much. It'll go from glory to glory. He'll keep building on it. 40% of the people who filled out those little response cards, it was their first time at a coastal service, and 22% of those people gave their life to the Lord. So impactful. 104 people baptized last year. Wow. Wow. A hundred and four. A hundred and four lives radically changed, said, I will go to the cold water of English Bay and be baptized. (laughs) I will stand up and share my testimony. God did something in my life. You can't argue with that. The lives that are changed from all kinds of backgrounds. And that was amazing. So we've seen God do great things over last year. Yukon Youth Trip, that was amazing. They're going back again in April with the interns and others. We had a GAT trip, a global alpha training to India and Thailand. We had some goals last year. One of our goals was to have another campus. We thought it'd be in New West, but as you go, God guides and directs. So we ended up in Pitt Meadows. We're so glad to be there. God's doing amazing things there. You know, I don't know how it works, but there's a certain culture that you have in a church. Every church has its own flavor, and God is a God of variety. You know, just look at the fish. Just look at the birds. Lots of variety. Some people say, well, you know, Christianity has so many different denominations. That's not a negative. That's a positive. I like going to an ice cream parlor that has more than vanilla. (laughs) It's kind of boring if you just go. I like going to a place where you can have, you know, all kinds of flavors. Like that shop on Venerables. You know the ice cream shop on Venerables? I mean, you can get everything from pistachio to curry ice cream there. I mean, it's just variety. (laughs) 
And this is your God. God's a God of huge, huge variety. And we're one flavor out of many great flavors. But that same flavor we have here, if you go to Pitt Meadows, it's the same flavor there. So last year we said, we believe we're going to be able to do that. Another thing that we had last year was baby dedications. We heard sweet crying of babies. <laughs> and we love it. We don't want to embarrass anybody walk, taking care of the babies. But it just reminded me, we had 35 babies dedicated. We love children at Coastal Church. I talked to somebody this past week, and they said, we're so excited because we're having twins. And uh, our children's ministry is growing. We saw that at our church camp. We had a church camp last year, and we'll do that again this year. So God did a lot of amazing things. We were believing last year for our UBC Alpha Outreach there, and that's happening. We believe for a new website and a new logo. And uh, on the back of your bulletin, there's our, our logo. And some people have asked about that, why it's designed the way it is. And uh, there's that the map is inserted into it, the C, one C being on an angle like that. Go to the website. And uh, Gordon Payton helped us with that. He's a marketer. Or, and so he helped us with that. There's some... A lot of thought went into it, and when you read it, it'll make sense to you. It's, you know, as much as a city has a brand, as much as Nike is a brand, you know, there's a brand awareness around a church and uh, around what God's doing. I had an interesting experience. I was at the a city summit here at the convention center. I I just thought I would go because a lot of leaders from around the world were there, and the mayor was putting it on, so I went, and they were kind of surprised to see me there. What's the church doing there? But I, I'm really, I love cities. God's put this love in our heart for cities, and they told an interesting story there. The Wall Center, which is just down the street here, Pete Wall had built that center. He's in New York promoting it, and he gets up in New York at this fancy hotel, and he's talking about the Wall Center, and then he, as he shares with this, this group of people there, mostly investors, he says, now New York has a park, and Vancouver has a park, but the difference is that we have a lower crime rate, and he's kind of bragging about Vancouver, as he should, and uh, somebody stands up and says, you know, I have a problem with that. We've lowered our crime rate. New York's a great city, and he really challenged Mr. Wall on it. Bob Rennie was there, and he afterwards went up and found this guy, and he said, you know, I was curious the way you challenged. That's something else for you to stand up and challenge him. And he said, can I ask who you are and what do you do? He was carrying his bicycle helmet, and he was dressed a little bit frumpy. And he said, who are you and who do you work for? The guy said, well, I work for the city. He goes, well, what's your job? He said, I am in brand protection. The city hires me to protect our brand. And I thought, man, if they're that passionate about cities, we should be even more passionate about the church and protect the brand of the city. And sometimes you have to protect the brand of your own church. You know, this is not a perfect church. I'll just have you know. You know why? Because you're here and I'm here. I'm here. That's why. <laughs> we know it's not a perfect church. We got that figured out. And sometimes you're going to have to help people and say, you know what? No, we're not perfect. But we are a community. And we do love God. And we are passionate. And so let's do like a city would do and just love what God's doing in the church. So our word for this year is devoted. That's the vision, very simply, devoted. And devoted to shape our church. As we apply ourselves, we shape the church. It takes on a certain form. And the idea is that it should reflect the image of Christ. He's the head of the church. We're members of the church. And so the world sees the shape or the image of Christ through us. 
Now, if we go to the headwaters of the church, and what did the early church do? If we did what they did, we'd have the same results that they did. And so let's find out what they did. Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47, we read, They joined with other believers and devoted themselves, there's that word, devoted themselves, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, sharing in the Lord's Supper, we do that the last Sunday of every month, and in prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers, all the believers, not half, all of them met together constantly. They were devoted, shared everything they had. They sold their possessions, shared the proceeds with those in need. They were a sharing church. They saw the needs amongst themselves, and they shared. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes, they had life groups for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy. Sounds like a lot of fun. Great joy. It was life extraordinaire, and they were generous. All the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. You know, this kind of a church is very attractive. You want to be part of something like that. And each day, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. The Lord added. You know, it's just very organic. When you do life this way, the Lord just adds it. By the way, church, I got to give you a high five, hats off, congratulations. You, I think, are the most inviting church I've ever seen. You, you, you did it over that grand service. We printed off, I think you gave out close to 40,000 invitations or something. I mean, it was, we printed, it was close to 50,000. Anyhow, a lot. A lot of invitations, and people came. Not everybody came, but we gave out a lot of invitations. And I have, a, I have a theory. If we invite them, God will add them. We just have to do our part, and God does the rest. And we certainly saw that happening. In 2013, as devoted followers of Christ, we'll shape our church by the following. Now, it's an acronym. Two words you have to remember today, devoted and shape. Pretty easy, devoted and shape. If you remember that, you've remembered the vision. So it's simple. What does shape stand for? Number one stands for studying the word. Two stands for helping one another. These are all verbs, studying, helping, adoring the Lord, praying, engaging. So let's talk about that a little bit. Studying the word. Yep, this year we're going to memorize scriptures. We talked about that already. How, this is a novel idea. Why don't we memorize what the names of the books of the Bible are? Well, I thought it was one book. No, actually, it's 66. Can, this is a library. And so what if we memorized what the names of them all were? Here's another novel idea. What if we all in our church knew the Ten Commandments? Wouldn't it be a good idea? Because sometimes I hear people say, oh, the Christians, they don't even know the Ten Commandments. So I say, well, let's learn the Ten Commandments. So we'll learn the Ten Commandments. What if we all knew who the 12 disciples were? Well, I know Peter and John, James. Now I'm kind of stuck. Were there more? Oh, there was Thomas, yeah. Oh, there was Judas, yeah. He, but what if, we, what if we knew them all? What if we knew who the Old Testament prophets were? Oh, I mean, what if we knew the difference between the Old Testament or the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? What if we could say, like Jesus said when he was tempted, it is written, it is written, it is written. What if our moral compass wasn't popular culture, but it was God's truth that would come up into our heart? What if our minds were renewed to his word? What if we were planted by streams of living water and we flourished? See, as we're devoted to his word, God adds. There's something about it. I know it's counterculture. I know we're going against the grain. 
But I'm calling, I think God's working through us, calling our church to be devoted to his word. The Bible says, David said, I have hid your word. I have treasured your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The next generation especially needs to know that we treasure God's word. We revere God's word. We respect his word. We hunger for his word. It's a living bread. It's a spiritual food for us. So we're going to be devoted to his word. We're going to uh, study his word through leadership, more leadership training this year. By the way, Dr. Carolyn Leaf will come back. The conference is who switched off my brain. Good news, if your brain switched off in June, we're going to turn it back on, and it's all going to be okay. Uh, We have a leadership summit uh, with different guest ministers. We have a conference for small group leaders called 12, and huge, it's all telecast. All kinds of churches are watching that. We're going to be part of that. And uh, we're promoting you to do devotions this year. Uh, In your handout, you've got a list of different devotions that you can get. My favorite happens to be Bible in One Year uh, by Pastor Nikki Gumbel. And you can download that app if you like. But there's lots of others there. And uh, there's lots of options. because You know why? Because we all do devotions different. Devoted devotions, get it? So we all do devotions different. The idea is on a daily, regular basis, we set aside time to be with the Lord. I know it sounds so simple. But in all of our lives, that's the one thing the devil wants to take from you. And isn't it true? Like you'll get up in the morning and you purpose to do devotions, but you'll get sidetracked. You say, I'll do it in the afternoon and you get sidetracked. Why? Because he does not want you doing that. Because when you do that, you're strong. He prefers to have you weak. The enemy always preys on the weak ones. Ever watch those safari shows or you see, you know, herd of herd of animals running and the and they have a maybe a, a hyena or a lion chasing them? Who do they chase after? They always chase after the weak one. The one that's left the pack, that's who they attack. And that's what the enemy wants for us. He wants to be us, have us weak and away from the pack so he can attack us. But when you're in fellowship and when you're in devotion, you, you, you don't, he can't get you. There's a strength that comes with that. Now, there's different ways to do devotions. An app may not work for you. That's, a, that's cool. It may, in the morning might not work. The evening might not work for you. You just go with what works for you. Some people, this works really good for them. They'll go and they'll sit down by a stream. And they'll sit down and they'll go, wow, I feel so close to God. I can see him in the trees. I can hear him in the brook. I can see him. Even that fly inspires me. The next person goes, oh, get that off me. I can't. This rock is so hard. I can't. I'm not close to God. I'm going to go as far from God as I can be. And they sit down in Starbucks. It's noisy. It's crowded. And they go, I'm having the most amazing devotions in Starbucks. <laughs> the next person, man, the Starbucks, I can't do devotions there. I need a place that's totally quiet. Susanna Wesley, famous John Wesley, the, the writer and the great minister, his mom, the way she did devotions, she'd take her apron, she'd pull it over her head, and she, she'd tell her kids, I am now doing devotions, I am quiet, I want solitude, leave me alone. And that was her devotions. Now, if that works for you, pull your apron over your head, whatever. <laughs> the idea is this, we just do devotions. For different people, different things work for them. You find what works for you, but let's do regular devotions. Okay. Uh, Age is helping one another, and we are going to continue to do that, help others locally in our own church and outside. 
We were going to complete the feasibility study for VanCat this year. We're almost done. Establish our board of directors. Yay. Jeremiah 29, 5 to 7, it says, build gardens in the city. And that's what this is, a garden, especially for our youth. You know, today, on our street in Vancouver, last night, 500 to 1,000 youth slept on our street. That's a lot. And we know that of those youth, 40% of them attempted suicide. 81% had to leave home. 94% have made money through crime, but 50% of them want to get a university education. That's what this is for, helping them get there. And many other disadvantaged in our youth, of youth in our cities, they can't get there unless they get a hand up. He said, well, is this under the Coastal Church's umbrella? No. This is us just partnering with the community to do something. You know, if a tsunami hit or an earthquake hit, I think the church should be first responders. I think we should be running there, and we should just be helping the community with a disaster. And we have a disaster in our city. The idea is to be preventative before they get to the street. And so that's what that's about. And we continue to work on that this year, and we're believing God for it to come to fruition. Uh, A stands for adoring our Lord with a spirit of unity. My, 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 my. I'll tell you what. It's getting better in 2013. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because First Baptist Church no longer holds us on Good Friday. We, we filled it twice, and so this year we're going to do it at the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And we'll get together them and other churches, and it's growing. I can see a day where uh, we're going to have to rent something bigger than Queen Elizabeth Theater for the churches to come together on Good Friday. Yeah, give God praise for it because that is coming. We're doing an event with Worship Central, uh, which is the Alpha out of Alpha, and that's going to be a 10th Avenue Alliance Church this year. So we're going over to their church, and and we're working together there, and they have our grand service. We'll be at the Orpheum this year for Easter. So a lot of great things happening there. You know, God loves it when the churches are together in unity. i got good news for you this morning. In our time here in Vancouver, which has only been since 93, I have never seen churches work together like this. And when, you know, people say, oh, the churches aren't working together on different pages. No, we're not. Uh Uh-uh. We're together. Pastors working together, praying together more than ever before. And when we work together, that's where the commanded blessing of God is. He said, when my people dwell together in unity, I will command a blessing there. So I'm just believing, prophetically speaking, that the churches of Vancouver are blessed by God. Yeah, amen. Give God praise for it. You might be here this morning, and you're saying, man, this church claps a lot. You're absolutely right. I don't know how it started. You know, some churches, it's amen, wave white hanky. Some churches don't say anything. I don't know. Somebody said, you're the clappy, happy church. I go, I guess so. And now that I watch Duck Dynasty, I know that it's all right because everybody's happy, happy, happy. (laughs) You have to watch that show to figure that out. Anyhow, oh, I am way off course. Get back to course. Uh, praying earnestly. We're going to do that this year. More prayer. Saturday mornings, we've been praying more, especially for key events. We'll pray in the mornings. We'll do that. We'll engage our world and engage our city through life groups, through Alpha. We're believing for 80% of our church to be in small groups because that's the early church. They were devoted. They met in small groups. They were devoted. They met together. We're believing for that. 
we're believing to purchase another building, not sell this one, but another facility. And we've been looking for that. And we're believing that God's going to open up a door for that. So why would we want to do that? Lots of reasons, but let me just give you a few. One is we have a lot of leaders, a lot of talent that's rising up here. Today at Pitt Meadows, somebody else is leading there. Somebody else is singing there. Somebody else is doing children's ministry. More people are at it. And one of the reasons we were there is because people had migrated there. We needed a church there. This is always ground zero for us, 1160 West Georgia. We're kind of different in the fact that it's unprecedented. We work from the inside out. Typically, people are out there, and they come into the city to look. God planted us in the heart of the city to look outward. And today, we're looking for other facilities for the church to continue to grow. And, uh, yeah. You know, one of the things that that saddens me is when I see a church building that somebody prayed, somebody believed, and today it's torn down or sold and it's turned into something else because the city of Vancouver is not going to give any more land for churches. They've made that clear to us. And so when these church buildings get sold, you don't get them back again. And this past December, there is a church in Carrollsdale that we took a look at it. We drove by it. We talked to some people. But before anybody could get any money together, it's already sold. Some developer will tear it down. They'll put up some condos. But that land's gone forever, honey. You can't, the land's not gone, but that site for a church is gone. There was another one on on King Edward, and I called some other pastors and said, hey, this is available. I don't think it's for us, but it's available. We need to take a look at it. Somebody else came to another site, and we we have a church plant that met in that one. But I think we need to be passionate about about preserving these places. And I believe God, there's a couple in the works. We're believing God for another site this year to continue to grow, another campus as well. You might be here this morning and say, well, I don't know if we need a church building. I I don't know if the church has to have buildings. Let me tell you something. A building speaks. A building, there's a theology in a building. The church is not a building, of course. The church is the people. But the building is a powerful tool. This building speaks 24-7. You better believe it. When people drive down Georgia Street, they see a building. They see a cross on the street. In the heart of the city, under the apex of the skyline, they see there's a cross. You know what that speaks 24-7? In the heart of the city, there's a thriving Christian community. And if you see churches that are disappearing, the building's gone, it sends a message that Christianity is dying. It's not dying. I believe it to be thriving. And so there's a mandate. In England, they're renewing that mandate to save the old building, save the sites. There's something about it. A building speaks of history. Think of your little house that you grew up in or the house that you grew up in. Don't you have memories of that house? Don't you pass on the memories to the next generation? When I did my doctorate degree and visited other cities where they had old, old cities and old churches, Christianity always survived the longest and the best when there was a building that represented their faith. If you drive down towards Richmond, if you head towards the tunnel, don't you pass by a number of different religious communities along the way? What does that tell you? It tells you they're alive and thriving in the community. And so uh, a building speaks of stability. It speaks we're here to stay. It speaks that we're committed to the community. There's a theology around the building. Plus, another great advantage of it, it's a place to grow and nurture, of course, people. And that's what we're all about. So we'll look into that this year. And my time is slipping by. My, 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 my. All right. The other thing we're going to do is we're believing God this year to spy out the land. As much as God's called us to Vancouver, 
I don't know how he's doing this, but it's not by accident, folks, that we've got over 80 different nationalities probably here this weekend from all kinds of different cities in the world, world-class cities, and we just sense in our heart that God's calling us to start looking, start praying, that this be ascending church, that in another city of the world, God can replicate and duplicate because what we have here is scalable and we can do this in other cities of the world. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org. 